Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. How are you? Wednesday, December 4th, Steve Jones Show, News Radio 1070 WKOK. We are at stevejonesshow.com. Also have our podcast on Google Play and the Apple Podcast app. So search Steve Jones Show where you get your pods. Hit subscribe. You're good to go. We send the shows right to your smartphone and tablet. Take them with you. Listen to them anytime, anywhere. And you can also go back in time. We have at least three months of shows archived at stevejonesshow.com. We're on Facebook. Give us a like. Busy there and on Twitter today with some breaking news we'll get to in a sec. Uh, but we are on Facebook and we're on Twitter. Twitter handle at Steve Jones PSU. Give us a follow. All right. And our email is Steve Jones at WKOK.com. Glad you are here. Steve will be there in just a few in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, Ford Lincoln Hyundai, North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Kia on the strip, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Big Ten ACC Challenge tonight in hoops. It's Penn State and Wake Forest. That'll be a 9-15. That'll be a late tip time tonight in the BJC. And it'll be an 8-30, 8-30 pregame with Steve and Dick Girardi here on WKOK and on our Sunbury Broadcasting Corporation app. Have that for you tonight from Happy Valley. And then Penn State hoops will be in Columbus on Saturday against Ohio State. Actually, Steve will be doing the show from Columbus on Friday afternoon. So with the set, we will uh, set the table for Penn State Wake Forest here uh, on the show. Connor O'Neill from the Winston-Salem Journal, who covers the Demon Deacons, be joining us here on today's show. Look forward to that. And the rest of the week is filling up very nicely. I have a busy one for you tomorrow. Uh, we'll have for you uh, Matt Lombardo, who is the uh, the uh, New York Giants NFL beat writer for uh, NJ.com. Had a story out uh, just after lunchtime this afternoon that looks like Eli Manning will be back at starting quarterback for the Monday night matchup against the Philadelphia Eagles here on WKOK and on Eagle 107. So we'll have Matt back on the show to talk about that tomorrow. And suddenly the Giants have a chance. Oh. (laughs) And also, uh, actually, this has been several months in the making. I reached out back in March to Ed Sherman. I know you know Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, He has been with the Chicago Tribune since the early 1980s. He has written a book on the history of the Big Ten Conference. So look forward to hearing your conversation with Ed uh, live here on WKOK tomorrow afternoon at 4.06. We are talking about a person that I know of, respect, 
have read a lot of, have been in the same room with, but have never talked to them. I've never talked to him. Uh, in fact, the last time I was around, Ed, he was actually talking with Jim Nance. And I thought, well, I'm not interrupting that. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't think I'm going to interrupt that. So let him, you know. Um, so. Uh, but, yeah, that's that'll be terrific. I'm looking forward to it. I'll have to do a little more research on it. I, I, I will admit that in the situation I'm currently in, uh, I haven't had a lot of time to sit there and read books. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I've been uh, doing a lot of game to game stuff right now. So I, and I so that, and even on the plane, I, yeah, I've read. I mean, usually I'll read a book on a plane, but you know, I've actually. I mean. Georgetown was a bus. I can't read on the bus. I had to drive to Brooklyn. Uh, the Ohio State flight's a 38-minute flight. So, you know, so it's like, hey, what would you get? Well, four pages, we're done. All right, so, so I haven't really had a chance to read, but, but I'll check it out tomorrow because I want to ask. I want to talk to him about it. I'm actually looking forward to actually sitting down and reading it. And I think that'll be cool to do. Um, yeah, it'll be coming up. And Tony Knopp next week. The college football playoff rankings. Let's go back to Monday show. So, Sean, what did I say on Monday show? I said Wisconsin would be, I said expect Wisconsin to be in front of Penn State. Because I feel uh, that in the end, um, My best guess is that when it comes out Sunday, Penn State will be in front of Wisconsin. And I said that Monday. I said that's how I felt going in. So 10, I thought 10 would probably still be the number. Uh, And Wisconsin's in front. I'm not surprised Wisconsin's in front. I expected it. Going back to Monday's show, I said it. Uh, Baylor in front. Expected that. In fact, the top 10, I nailed the top 10 last night. I was sitting there and going, okay, Penn State will be 10, Florida will be 9. You know, I'm just kind of calling it out before they're doing it. So the top 10 spots were what I expected. And it's the second straight week I've looked at it and have been able to look at the top 10 spots and get it the way the committee thought. I think in the end, what I'm about to say is the best guess. These are all, and again, like anybody else, I know, I know what's going to happen. You know, so you have to come off as the expert. But my best guess, based on what I've seen this season, is Ohio State will beat Wisconsin. That I know, that's my best guess. And not only that, I think Ohio State will beat Wisconsin. It'll do it with a little bit of a margin. There is a difference in this particular year compared to other years when it comes to the top four spots. It is not a race among the top three to see whether you're in or out. But it is a race among the top three to see who's the number one seed. It never really has been tremendously important before. This year it does have some relevance because you want to avoid being that number two seed that has to play Clemson. That's what you're trying to avoid. Being the four seed is better 
Excuse me, I'm sorry, being the one seed is better. It gives you a four seed of some sort. It doesn't mean it's going to be an easier game, but it's not Clemson. So that's why I think that the that Ohio State, well, it's not only winning, but I think they'd like to win by a margin, and I think they will win by a margin. It's not that Wisconsin is a poor team. They are not. Wisconsin is a very, very good team. But Ohio State is a potentially great team. And because they're a potentially great team, I think they can win the game with a margin. That, to me, at that point, moves Wisconsin back of Penn State. The Rose Bowl is not married to um, taking the highest remaining seeded uh, Big Ten team or ranked Big Ten team. But it does play a, a powerful influence with them. But they can do what they want. So remember, it will be their choice. I think in the end, Penn State will be the highest ranked Big Ten team. And also, I do know internally that the Rose Bowl, and let's be honest, Wisconsin travels extremely well, so this is not comparing one to the other. I'm just telling you what they what I what they said about Penn State. They were thrilled with how Penn State traveled three years ago. Which then brings us to the next part, LSU Georgia. I think LSU will beat Georgia. It's my best guess again. I just think they're a better all around team than Georgia. Georgia doesn't have Georgia has some injuries on offense, and that is a problem. And DeAndre, even DeAndre Swift had a shoulder problem against Georgia Tech. He had to go into the uh, tent for a period of time. Uh, and, you know, Cager's been out, which really has hurt their passing game. And Jake Fromm is uh, is not enough, I think, to overcome LSU in a game like this, as well as Georgia's defense does play. Which then brings us to Friday night. Friday night will be the leadoff act, and that's Utah against Oregon for the Pac-12 championship. I think Utah's defense is too good for Oregon. So I think Utah will win. I think Utah has the possibility of getting to four because they're a better rounded team than Oklahoma because I think Oklahoma will beat Baylor. I think the first quarter and a half of Oklahoma-Baylor is going to be critical. If Oklahoma does to Baylor what they did in the second half of the game in Waco, they may boat race Baylor. Baylor is going to have to be right there in the neighborhood after a quarter and a half. If they are, then Baylor's good enough to take them right to the end and maybe win it because, let's let's face it, Oklahoma hasn't exactly been boat racing teams here down the stretch. Now, the Oklahoma win over Oklahoma State helps. Notice Oklahoma State was ranked this week. Florida doesn't play. So in the end, I would not be surprised Sunday if Ohio State is one, LSU is two, Clemson is three. Depending on how it plays out, Utah or Oklahoma four or five, I'll swing to Utah as the better rounded team, but that doesn't mean it's enough. Utah, Oklahoma will be four or five. I think Georgia will be six, Florida will be seven, Penn State will be eight. I think that in the end 
if things go the way I think they're going to go. And, again, I'm just giving you my best guess. I'm not going to sit here and tell you, I know, right, because you see how our picks go. We're, like, picking teams left and right. We're getting them wrong half the time. Okay? But that's my best guess going in as to how I think it will play out. Okay, Connor O'Neill, Wake Forest uh, writer for the Winston-Salem Journal, is going to join us today to talk about the Big Ten ACC Challenge game coming up tonight. Tomorrow, Matt Lombardo on the Giants situation. And Eli Manning starting a quarterback. Ed Sherman tomorrow on This Is Big. That's the book he wrote. Monday, one of my all-time favorite people, who's just an awesome broadcaster, Johnny Holiday joins us Monday. And Tony Knopp on Tuesday. Great to have you with us. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Key Roots 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Sunbury Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Oh, hello. Hello. Can you help us with our insurance? From in there? Oh, the cage? I've been with this provider for years. Uh, Let's find a trusted choice independent agent. Trusted choice! Many insurance agents are held captive by one provider, but a trusted choice independent agent has the freedom of choice. They can shop multiple providers on your behalf to find the coverage options and prices right for you. Hi, this is Season from Purdy Insurance. Are you trapped by one company's rates? Call Purdy Insurance today at 570-286-5855. factor is going to be an important factor on Saturday in my opinion and the reason I think it's an important factor is that you're trying in order to get to the championship game I think avoiding Clemson doesn't hurt your cause how about that that's why I think that for Ohio State and LSU it's not just making a case to be in the college football playoff this is the first time I think we've gone through this where I felt you need to make a case to be the number one seed. So then in turn, you can avoid playing Clemson. Now, do I think on paper, Ohio State and Clemson, or excuse me, Ohio State and LSU are better than Clemson? Yeah, on paper. But boy, I sure wouldn't be in the mood to want to risk it. How about that? So I think they're actually going to there's going to be a little bit of not pressure, but I think if you get to a lead, all right, you know what? Let's show everybody we are one. We're number one. 
think there's a little bit more of that because being a two means now you do have Clemson. So if Clemson's going to play a role in this, let me look. The list of things that have to go right for Virginia to be Clemson is a really long list, which includes several things that Clemson has to do wrong. So they'll be the prohibitive favorite. But that's how I look at it. You may have a different opinion on it, which is perfectly fine, because all we're doing right now is guessing. So all guesswork. And the difference is that if you sit there and freely admit to everybody that it's guesswork, I think that opens up the conversation to everybody. And that's what exactly what, the, what I'm attempting to do. It's called guesswork. Now, I did not pick out wild scenarios, if you notice. There's nothing in there that I, I selected was a wild scenario. Like, well, if this happens, like, are you kidding me? Everything pretty much the way I talked about it would be according to Hoyle. All right, look up Hoyle. Did he go to Danville? Is he in the fourth ward? Yes, Hoyle lives on 8th Street, yes. <laughs> but does it mean that there aren't um, things that can't happen? All right, now the Phillies, a couple things. Number one, number one, Cole Hamels has signed a one-year $18 million deal to join the Braves. The Phillies, meanwhile, have countered that. The Phillies have signed Zach Wheeler, five-year deal, $118 million. All right. You have a certain group that is competing for Garrett Cole and Steven Strasburg. The next guy in that list was Zach Wheeler. And the Phillies got him. He's 29 years of age. You want to talk about a guy that has a lot of, I mean, like, you want to talk about the potential part. The last two years, he's made 60 starts. He's 23 and 15 with a 3.65 ERA, and his strikeout to innings pitch numbers, one to one. This is a big pickup by the Phillies. So Zach Wheeler, five-year, $118 million deal. You got to give him credit. He walked in, he said, I want suit money, and they gave it to him. I had no, Sean, clue, it was, I had no clue it was that easy. It can be. I mean, you can either deal with me or else you hold up the suit's picture. They want to deal with you in a hurry. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones.
So Zach Wheeler, five years, one hundred eighteen million. He would be if Strasburg and Cole are tier one free agent signings among pitchers, Wheeler would be 1B. I think this is a heck of a signing by them. Well, that was the big topic last summer. Okay, the Phillies need a number two. If I had a dollar for every time I heard that last year. So um, they've got a number two now for sure if Aaron Nola stays at one. And they're not done. I mean, they definitely need one more arm to get in there in the top five. And you're right. If they look toward a Strasburg, if they look toward Garrett Cole. So, they're yeah, not going then, to. They're not going to. You don't think? No. I don't. I think that this was their pitching player right here. Because Strasburg and Cole are going to be – they're not going to get five years, $118 million. This is a $23 million a year deal, essentially. Almost 24. And you got to remember Jake Arrieta is still on the team, and he's averaging $25 million a year. Right. He's got one year left. Right. But you're also paying Bryce Harper. Now, they shed some payroll because they what? They Cesar Hernandez and Mikhail Franco are both gone. Right? So they've got that. I think you'll see them now go through and try and put together deals to to now shore up the middle of the bullpen. And this is where you give Wheeler credit. Wheeler in 2015 at Tommy John, he's been terrific. The last two years, talking about 60 starts, 23 and 15, a 3.65 ERA, a one to one strikeout to walk, uh, strikeout to innings. I would say with the Phillies, if I were to label an expectation for him, I think he can be a 15 game winner. I do not in any way, shape, or form think the Phillies in any way, shape, or form are going after Garrett Cole or Steven Strasburg. That is an Angels-Yankees deal. Right there. It's so, not the Phillies. So looking, Wheeler's their play. That's it. So looking at the numbers for next year, dealing with uh, players that would be coming off the books next year, you'd have Jake Arrieta, $20, 25000000 yep. Jay, Jay Bruce at $14 million. Yep. David Robertson at $11 million. JT mm-hmm. Real Muto, 10.3. And Jose Alvarez at three million, so that's just a shade no. under sixty million right there. Yeah, but JT Riamuto, I would do what I could to sign. Absolutely, oh, I agree. So that so you have to look at some of the money you're talking about there being rolled into his contract. The other people, no. The other people, you thank them for their service. Appreciate you guys very much. And uh, lead season tickets. Here's the uh, number. But Wheeler's their starting pitching play in all this. I think now everything else is going to be staff-wise filler. How do I fill middle relief? How do I fill with an extra starter? Right? But this is their big free agent play right here. They're not going after Cole or Strasburg. It really is that simple. Um, now, how do you make sure that you're all... Uh, obviously, if you're Scott Kingery, now you become a pivotal part of what's going on. 
on an everyday basis without Hernandez and Franco. They're not going to go after Rendon. I think I want to say Rendon met with the Rendon met with the Texas Rangers, I believe. Not going to go after him. That makes sense because he's a Texas. He's a native of Texas, so Houston. Yes, Houston. Houston guy. But this is uh, if you're going to look at the tier one B. Okay, it's obvious Strasburg and Cole are tier one. And I'm not going to say Wheeler's tier two. Wheeler's tier one B to me. Like you get him, you're looking around thinking, all right, we did pretty well with this. I think the money's right. You take him away from a division rival. So after the Zach Wheeler signing, the Phillies have a payroll of almost $192 million. The luxury tax is 207, 208, give or take. So, yeah, so you figure that's 15, 16 million shy. Right. That's not a lot of wiggle room. Yeah, but they're not done shedding some payroll. Correct. Uh, St. Pete, St. Petersburg, and the Tampa Bay Rays have ended talks of sharing the team's home with Montreal. As we said when this came out, there was no way in the planet they were going to let them do this. The Rays believed the two-city solution was most feasible to saving baseball in Tampa. Oh, cut me a break. <laughs> so back to Zach Wheeler real quick. The other team that was in play was the White Sox. Mm-hmm. And according to Ken Rosenthal from Fox Sports and The Athletic, they offered him more than the $118 million that the Phillies offered. But it turns out Zach Wheeler's wife is from New Jersey. So big factor there. Huge. Oh, yeah. Plus, the Phillies can get where they're going quicker, I think, than the uh, White Sox can. That got me to thinking what Frank Bodani said in our your conversation with him on Monday. It's like we got to remember these coaches and these players. It's like you know, hey, they, you know, they've got lives too. So a lot comes into play other than where you really, really want to play. Oh, I mean, and that's and we just talked about Chris Peterson the other day leaving Washington. People are like, oh, whoa, is me he makes millions of dollars a year and so forth. I mean, do you know the way the rules are structured right now? How little family life you can have as a football coach. Now let's get back to Wheeler. Right? His wife's family's from New Jersey. Well, guess what? A, they're going to get paid. B, they're going to get a significant raise. C, they don't have to disrupt their, their lifestyle of moving away from family to do it. It's got to be great for her. Still being that close. I think it's going to be great. And he did not have to take a vow of poverty to make it happen. But they will shed payroll after this year. They will shed Jake Arrieta. They will shed David Robertson. Which is too bad about Robert. Robertson, I never thought would be a closer, but I've still felt that, and I still think he can be a, a, a seven, eight, seventh and the eighth inning guy. But they'll shed more payroll. They have to. 
they want to stay under the threshold. I got it. You know, you know, just spend money and throw it aimlessly so the Kansas City Royals can then take the money and then put it in the bank and not spend it on anybody. Did I say that? Hmm. I'll check the podcast later. Well, no need. I know I said it. All right. right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> For a second there, they're talking about the Pirates. It's like, what? What? <laughs> or Tampa Bay. <laughs> that was always the late, the late George Steinbrenner. That was always his primary complaint about the luxury tax. He says, I don't mind if paying it if teams do what they say they're going to do. The reason you pay the luxury tax is that teams like uh, the Kansas City, you just pick somebody, the, the White Sox, somebody like that, uh, takes the money, Baltimore, and they put it into free agents. And what happened for years, and this is what made the late George Steinbrenner upset about it, is he felt teams were taking the money and keeping it. And I think he had a point there. That's why I always talked about the the $50 million each team got in that settlement. I want to say it was Balco, something like that. Each team got $50 million a year and a half ago. Okay, what did they do with it? That was always my complaint about the Pirates. You got $50 million just like the uh, Dodgers did. What did you do with your $50 million? You didn't spend it. The baseball winter meetings, by the way, will be next week in San Diego. You'll see more movement next week with everybody gathered in one spot. Also, next week, when I mean everybody's gathered in one spot, so will the minor league teams, along with the major league teams, all be in one spot. Albeit, it turns out in this particular year, because of the structure of the meetings, their hotels are about a half mile apart. So today, and I would not doubt that uh, if you check your email, I would not doubt that you got something from the crosscutters today. But I'll read what the spikes put out because I'm sure it's similar to what the crosscutters are putting out. It says, the spikes today praise the newly created Save Minor League Baseball Task Force that has been organized by members of Congress to prevent Major League Baseball from eliminating 42 minor league franchises, nearly one-quarter of all the minor league teams around the country. We appreciate the support of Representative Lori Tran from Massachusetts, David McKinley from West Virginia, one's a Democrat, one's a Republican, and the members of the task force in standing up for minor league baseball and speaking out against MLB's effort to cast off thousands of jobs, reduce affordable uh, family-friendly entertainment, and undermine grassroots support for our great game, according to Spikes General Manager Scott Walker. Spikes, by the way, have been identified as one of the 42 franchises facing elimination. The Crosscutters are another one. Minor league baseball teams are vital to the social and economic lives of millions of Americans. They support scores of local businesses and jobs, provide accessible entertainment, help promote tourism spending, and donate tens of millions of dollars in charitable contributions. Scott Walker said, with this proposal, MLB is willing to break the hearts of dozens of communities across the country who are going to resist this plan and are gratified that so many in Congress are willing to join with us. 
Here is the issue that Congress does have. And that, of course, is the antitrust exemption. Oh, whoops. The antitrust exemption. That's a big one. You can hold that over Major League Baseball's head. I know back back for a moment to uh, what I discussed a while back, and that is this. This proposal goes against everything that Major League Baseball and the analytics world is trying to do. That's what's so that's so what's so odd about this. I can understand thinking about saving money. I can understand that. And I've always wondered why, for example, State College is actually the third level in the Cardinals organization, not the second. Johnson City's on the third level. And I never quite understood why that level was there. So maybe you think about that, and of course, but here's baseball, nine billion dollar a year industry. Okay. Right now, if you look at the average age of the baseball fan, it's in about fifty-two. What's one of the stated goals of any business these days? Cultivating eighteen to thirty-four year olds. How do you cultivate eighteen to thirty-four year olds? Well, at an early age. 8, 9, 10, you get them engaged in watching baseball. Where can you do that in many towns across America? You take them to a minor league game. Why? Because you can afford to take them to a minor league game. So that's one. So in 40 towns, you'd be willing to look at it and say, nah, we don't need you. That's not growing the game. And you desperately need to grow the game. Your fan base is older than the other fan bases out there. It's exponentially older than the NBA. It is older than the NFL. It is older than the NHL's fan base. So you need to get young people involved. You do that by getting them to games on this level. Now let's think about the major leagues and what their current philosophy happens to be. The current philosophy happens to be in the major leagues that they really don't want to spend money on players that are 33 or older. Notice Zach Wheeler's 29. It's a five-year deal. It gets him to 34. So that fits with what the majors are trying to do. And if you're staying away from 33-year-old-plus players in the analytics world, what does that mean? You want as many 24 the 29-year-olds playing the game, which, of course, means they're probably playing the game for less money. But how do you get them to be competent 24- to 29-year-olds? Oh, by cultivating them in the minor leagues and not rushing them in there. (laughs) See, the whole thing is a convoluted mess as to what has been proposed here. It's convoluted. It goes against their own philosophy, and it also goes against corporate marketing. It makes no sense from a corporate marketing point of view, and it makes no sense from a development point of view. Zach Wheeler developed 
gets to the majors, has Tommy John, bounces back at the age of 29 under the 33-year-old threshold, gets a five-year, $118 million deal from the Phillies. In the majors, that's how they feel it should be working. The contract's up, but he's 34. Unless he is Cy Young, he is not going to get another contract from Philadelphia. And he's probably not going to get a long-term contract unless he's Cy Young. Because that's how the major leagues are operating today. You can't competently operate that way unless you have a minor league system that allows some cream to the rise to the top. And sometimes in development, it takes a little bit longer for some players. So you're cutting off your nose to spite your face to save a few pennies here and there. So I'm sure, Sean, if you check your email, I would not doubt that the Crosscutters put out their own statement today about this. Probably very similar. But we're going to follow this story closely as time goes, and the winter meetings are next week in San Diego, so expect to see if there's some thought on this and also what kind of player movement usually does happen at the winter meetings. Back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. That's uh, tonight, 6 to 7. Wake Forest Penn State basketball, 8 30 tonight, 9 15. The tip off. We'll be talking with Colin O'Neill from Winston Salem in the next half hour. Looking forward to that. But, yeah, talk to Santa, the magic radio. Right? It was really – remember that sad moment last year with Santa when Santa had to react to that one little kid? Remember that? Ref- we um, refresh wait, my wait, memory wait. on that. Little kid goes in, is there. Santa, of course, you know, what would you like for Christmas and in the coming year? We thought it was a little kid. Said, Santa, my my Christmas wishes. I I, I want a wood ward for. I, it's just. I mean, you just. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. No. It took several months, but then it came true. He said, "In something in the coming year, I want I want a wood ward for." I and he said, "You don't sound like you're very young." <laughs> I, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, yes, I am, Santa. <laughs> and then overheard as he was heading down the hill. Four more years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. And, and a chorus in the background. Oh my God! That many. <laughs> what have we done? <laughs> Oh, wait, Bob Buhner's on line one. Let me get this. Oh. <laughs> right now, even Buhner's in a state of shock, and nothing shocks him anymore. That's right. He's easy, 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 steady as she goes. Colin O'Neill, who covers Wake Forest for the Winston-Salem Journal, will join us in the next half hour to discuss tonight's Big Ten ACC showdown between Penn State and Wake Forest. 9-15 the tip-off, 8-30 the airtime. 
You'll hear it here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Today's show is brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf on News Radio 1070 WKOK. You're listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury. You can hear us anywhere in the world with the Sunbury Broadcasting Corporation app. 